Hello everyone and welcome to Manmukti's first podcast. I'm Shri and I'm the logistics officer for Manmukti. Hello everyone, my name is Pira and I'm a part of uh, Manmukti's podcast committee. Hey everyone, my name is Dipti and I'm the outreach coordinator for Manmukti. So today we will be talking about sexual abuse and domestic violence in South Asian households. So this is a trigger warning before we start the podcast. This podcast contains themes relating to sexual abuse and domestic violence. So we will be starting out by discussing how aware we were of the existence of domestic abuse growing up in South Asian households. Growing up, I wasn't familiar with it, um, domestic violence or abuse. Even today, talking about domestic violence and abuse is still a taboo. I was told to be cautious and be productive about myself. But we're never told how to get out of a situation or how to voice out if anything does happen and if I become a victim of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was actually very similar too, where I wasn't um, taught to acknowledge domestic abuse. And I learned about domestic abuse, I think, through media and like social media and documentaries and stuff like that. But I, I've like seen domestic abuse in families growing up. But I didn't realize that it was actually domestic abuse and it was like something separate from our like normalized family interactions. Right, yeah. Growing up, like, uh, I knew that domestic violence and sexual abuse existed, but I, um, you know, there was this notion that it was normal. So I thought it was um, a normal thing. But grow like, as, you know, I grew up from being a child, we come to understand that it's unfortunately it's not supposed to be normal it's just a common thing so yeah now moving on what factors do you guys think contribute to domestic abuse in south asian households okay so we can talk about the power dynamic in south asian cultures where men are raised to be powerful individuals while women are raised to be submissive and part of a relationship they aren't really giving given their individual identities and i've also seen examples where in some families women they aren't giving their passport or social security number and those important parts of their identity are taken away from them because they're a part of the family a part of a whole and their women are raised in South Asian households to be good wives and pleasure a man. They're not raised to be individuals and have their own individual lives in most cases. Exactly, women are taught to be like you know conservative and like um, they have a lot of restrictions put on them. Like from a very young age, they can't go out late. They can't wear um, certain clothing, and things like this make men more superior and leave a woman no freedom. Right, women are usually um, put on with like a lot of restrictions, but they don't have uh, like many opportunities, not as many opportunities as men. Um, And I feel like, you know, the way women and men are raised in the South Asian uh, community, like it's... It plays a key role mm -hmm. to um, the rise of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And men are ta- men and women are taught to internalize these roles. So if women do get in a situation where they are domestic, they experience domestic or sexual abuse, they don't know that it's a bad thing or they can't acknowledge what it actually is because it's so normalized in their daily routine. And a lot of times in South Asian households, men are not taught how to effectively communicate in a relationship, which leads them to resort to violence because they haven't seen communication in the in their older generations. Mm-hmm. So they don't have anything as a frame of reference. Right. 
Exactly. It's very hard to find like women who actually come out and talk about their experiences. They're scared what their family's gonna think. They're scared of the pride right. or honor you know the family's reputation. honor right. and reputation. And most of the times, uh, a lot of these women who have be- become victims go unnoticed. And I think it's very important to destigmatize this topic. And if anybody does experience such a thing, it's really important to come out and voice out, so to bring awareness. Right. Yeah. Even in relationships in South Asian households, a lot of like women, I think um, a lot of us, mm-hmm. we didn't, we weren't really taught about like consent growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. And even right. like in marriage, consent is a big thing. And I feel right. like right. in a lot of relationships, people forget that because mm-hmm. consent is still important when you're married to someone. You don't right. own that person. They're mm-hmm. not your exactly. property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And growing up, like, you know, people are usually taught that adults are right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we grow up with that. And eventually learn that that's not true. Yeah. A lot of of times we see in like multiple families that younger, like as young as six-year-olds, like seven-year-olds get abused by people in their family. And they're they're too afraid to come out and talk about it just because they know that they have to respect, you know, elders. Mm -hmm. They don't want to ruin any relationships um, or ties or bonds. Mm -hmm. And uh, another reason could also be like, uh, another reason is also that you know they're afraid of not being believed or accused of like lying exactly. and stuff or even if so. they do come out and talk about such experiences their parents take it on a lighter note or they mm-hmm. they'll just be like okay that's okay this happened yeah. and they'll just move on it's, but they don't really right. understand the uh, experience of their children yeah, or like very the, tra- the traumatized yeah. mm-hmm. uh, experience mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. take it casually and move on and just continue telling them that this is just normal Mm-hmm. They might right. not even believe them because the person in the family might, they're older, they have more power. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of South Asian families, the fam- family dynamic revolves around like the elders and respecting the elders. Mm-hmm. Right. So the elder is seen as the person saying the truth while the younger person is the one lying and making stuff up for attention or something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And in a lot of South Asian um, households, like South Asian media is a really big part of our lives growing up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times domestic and sexual abuse is normalized in the media as well. For example, I remember hearing about this case of a man in Australia who actually stalked a woman and he blamed Bollywood's portrayal of wooing women when... when he was accused of stalking these two women and he actually tried to counter sue Bollywood but the case got thrown away but this just shows that the media normalizes this behavior and a lot of like Indian men and South Asian people in general internalize that behavior through the media Mm -hmm. because they expect that you know they expect women to listen to them Mm -hmm. because they're taught that you know they can be powerful and right all the time yeah and a lot of times, even in movies, like, it's always, like, the guy is just going after the girl, like, no matter what. And then, right. at the end of the day, like, the girl just, like, falls for him, but it's, like, there's nothing there. It's, like, it, all he does is just, like, stalking or just, like, blackmailing and stuff like that happening. So, it, it's become, like, normalized. Yeah. And going on the topic of media, there was also a documentary that I heard about called um, Preying on Young Boys, Pakistan's Hidden Predators. And it's a real documentary about the secret, secret world of sexual violence in South Asia, particularly in Pakistan, where men in power, people that were rich, would give young boys, especially like poor young boys in Pakistan, heroin and get them addicted to the drug. And then they would exchange sexual fa- favors for the heroin heroin that they were addicted to 
And sexual violence is so taboo that it goes unnoticed by so many people in the country that this is such a big deal. And they were like able to create this big documentary about it. But not a lot of people actually know about this or that's at least the first time I've I'd ever seen it in the media. Mm-hmm. Right. Every day there's so many cases about rapes or just sexual violence and abuse. Um, for example, recently we had like the Priyanka Reddy case and uh, the Dinerbaya case and such things happen on like a daily, daily but not a lot of them come out to notice to the media. It only happens like once in a while when it's such a big thing. And um, even today, like nobody is scared to do like domestic abuse and violence because they're not punished properly, or um, there's not like certain set of laws or you know to serve justice for those women who've been through so much. Mm-hmm. Another case was um, also very recent. It was in Michigan. Um, it was a, uh, a Hindu priest in at a temple. Um, his name was Shailesh Patel, um, and he molested. 18 girls that were frequent goers of the temple and um, it happened for a a very long time um, for like over 10 years and then uh, recently one of the girls one of the women now uh, came to the cops and uh, told her story and her experience and then uh, you know now he was charged guilty of everything but basically he took advantage of his power um, and unfortunately that's what happens a lot because he was a very trusted individual. He's a priest. So, you know, and the girls, they were all, like, very uh, scared to talk about this with anybody because it would ruin, uh, or they thought that it would ruin their reputation or, you know, their family honor and stuff like that. So, That's yeah. a very important point as well because a lot of times abuse comes from people in power and all the victims are very scared to come out and tell about them just because they don't want to put the people in power and they, they feel like they, they won't be believed mm-hmm. um, for somebody in power to do such a thing. Right. Um, or they're afraid of the consequences. Right, exactly. Because people in power, they most, like a lot of the times, they have their own way of, um, you know, getting, getting what they getting want. Getting away with it. Yeah. And they might be like the victim, but they might still be punished just because they're not in the power. Right. Yeah. And especially since he was a priest in, like, South Asian families, religion can be a really big thing. Mm -hmm. So this plays an even, like, greater aspect of respect and power Mm -hmm. because he was a religious man. And no one ever expected Expected this from such a religious person, Mm -hmm. especially since he's supposed supposed to be, like, a moral compass for the community. Mm -hmm. And he failed to do so. So this brings about, like, a lot of other feelings that maybe a lot of South Asian people want to like repress or they don't want to bring it to light because of all of these things that could point like towards religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times it's not so, like most of the time the abuse comes from people that you expect the least mm-hmm. to do it. Right. Uh, like it's not necessarily the partner that does it. It could be like their brother or like like even from like parents or uh, like, mother, like parents-in-law. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it can literally come from anywhere, like a stranger mm-hmm. or you don't know where it's going to come from. And it's really important to speak out and get the help that you really need to mm-hmm. to combat this situation because definitely this is not something um, that should be normalized. Yeah, and going back to the aspect about family, mm-hmm. I think that's really important to talk about because we talk about domestic and sexual abuse as like something between um, a husband and a wife or like two right. people in a committed relationship. Right. But it can also happen 
um, with families and like the families of your partner as well because in South Asian communities families are such a big part of like romantic relationships mm-hmm. and committed relationships that they mm-hmm. are also a big part of your relationship in some cases and in a lot of cases we see cases of like mother-in-laws that are portrayed in TV shows and movies as being really mean unkind to their daughter-in-laws and we can see that dynamic is inspired by real life events as well so we know that um a lot of family members may also like emotionally abuse these daughter their like the daughter-in-law in the relationship or even physically abuse in some cases mm-hmm. exactly. right. i feel like another uh major issue that has been going on for a really long time which uh, one of you mentioned earlier was that um you know, women are usually taught to protect themselves rather than, uh, you know, our community or, yeah, our community educating men to, uh, you know, men in the sense like, you know, the perpetrators, um, instead of educating them to, you know, not act this way. And I feel like that's really important um, because women are usually restricted a lot, but they're not given, you know, the same amount of opportunities as men. And men aren't restricted at all, but they have, like, a lot of opportunities as well as, you know, they don't really have to worry that much when it comes to safety for the majority part, I would say. I agree. I think we can definitely, we would be able to see a much higher change in our communities if men were taught to, like, not act the way that they would Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, to, like, treat women with respect is, like, a very important thing. Right. It's always, like, like growing up, even, like, myself, like, my parents would always tell me to, like, you know, not go out, like, after a certain time or... Um, just be like being restrictive and And they will always be constantly worried like if I'm going out somewhere or Mm -hmm. anything but whereas if I was ever to have like a brother or something they would just like let them go you know I've seen that a lot even in my cousins and family they would just let a guy just walk alone any time of the day and they wouldn't really tell them to be you know okay treat women this certain way Mm -hmm. instead they would just tell us to be productive yeah Yeah. and I feel like a like um, a big reason for this would be that uh, you know, men are usually glorified for all, like, men's actions are a lot of the times glorified. Like, we, it's, I feel like, you know, it's wrong to, like, glorify normal behavior, I mm-hmm. would say. Like, for example, if, you know, we, like, men believe in consent or something, then that's, oh my god, like, you know, he believes right. in consent, that's amazing, that's a exactly. really, really good man. Yeah. And, you know, believing in consent is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it should be a normal thing. Exactly. So, you know, stuff like that. A lot of times, so, like, even on media, like, when a guy does something nice for women, just, mm-hmm. like, I've seen, like, instances where they would make a big deal out of it when, like, a guy would just, like, get up from, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the bus and then mm-hmm. just uh, let a woman sit down or something. Like, let right. a pregnant woman sit down or something. I right. feel like actions like this should just be, like, normalized instead. Yeah, right, exactly. Because, yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, so I think that was a really good um, discussion for today. Mm-hmm. And I really think that we had a lot of, like, important points today and discussed a lot of things that... Um, could happen in a domestic abuse or sexual violence situation and again if you guys are faced with a similar situation in your own life please reach out and we can give you guys uh resources to help you but as of right now that is it for this week thank you so much for attending our podcast and hope you have a great day and if you do experience anything don't be afraid to speak out Take care. Reach out to us. Thank you.